Welcome, sports fans, to the latest SM production of the Sunday Night Sports Nerd Show. It is the most absurd 90 minutes of anything you'll expect to talk and a whole lot more. Every Sunday night, the sports nerd joins forces with three charismatic co hosts who are a select group of sports nerds with attitude, better known in their nation as the Rampant. We are four of the most loud mouth, smack talking nerds around, coming at you with some sick bricks and rants, which may be just enough to make you your pants. So listen up, Nerd Nation. Let's rise and welcome the legend himself. He is the founder, he is the host, and he is the star of the Sports Nerd Show. Coming to you live, straight out of Lakeland, Florida, Scott, the Sports Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Nerds. I am your host, Scott, the Sports Nerd Wright, and along with my co-host, Mr. Elliot Biggie Lamba, the Bills Mafia member for life, John G. Olson, and Ken Coslow, uh, and our special guest tonight, of course, Mr. Derek Laughlin. We will discuss the week that was in the world of sports. We're going to focus on the NFL, um, and we are live each and every Sunday night on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and on the blockchain, courtesy of Vim.tv. If you miss a live broadcast, you can watch the replays on Spotify, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and on the blockchain via PD. And, you and can, here we go. Hey, before, we get started, before we get started, can I ask you a question? Yes. Right. What grade would you give Jose Ramirez on that right hook? That was a hell of a punch, dude. That was a hell of a punch. <laughs> I don't know. I man. mean, come he on now. The he man threw his gun down the left and got knocked the hell out. You know what? What was great about it was the Cleveland Radio, Cleveland India, Cleveland Guardians radio broadcast. Tom Hamilton going down goes Anderson. Is what yeah, he said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Oh, I love Mister Rodriguez Ramirez. I love him. I love him. That was great. That was a great. Oh. Classic, dude. Yes, yes. I mean, he hit him. What was really funny is, is that after the coaches took his spaghetti leg ass back to the dugout, okay, he's coming running out trying to get knocked out again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I liked I liked um, Tito's reaction. Reporter goes, "I'd like his left hook." Well, it was his right hook, first of all. It was his right hook. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. It may not be funny, but. It is what it is. Boys will be boys. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Yes. It's going to be the highlight of the Guardians season this year. Because they're not going to do much of anything else. Oh, God. How are you At liking least... that name, man? Are you what? okay with Guardians? Guardians, I hate it, but it is what it is. So, it's almost how like... About... Ahead, you, know, you know where I'm going, right, Elliot? Yeah, I was gonna say, what about the buzz of of the Commanders going back to the Redskins? <laughs> the fan base is overwhelmingly in favor of them going back. Oh, they got to the like Redskins. tons and tons of signatures already. That's hilarious. <laughs> they definitely need to change the name from Commanders. You want to basically get rid of the stench of Dan. It's Schneider, going back right? to Redskins. You know why? Because Magic Johnson is part of the ownership team. And he's not going to accept racism as an excuse for not having the Redskins logo. <laughs> I'm, I, you know what, guys? I, I, I mean, the Redskins are tradition for the last sixty years. I'm, I'm in favor of going back to Redskins. Just yeah, like, so am I, dude. Just it's like, just like, just it like, rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, just like the Guardians <laughs> should be the Indians. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because the Indians have been, we're, we're in business back, you know, in the 20s and 30s. So I mean, I, you know, it is. Oh, yeah. what it is. Definitely. I, you know, 
I, I thought that name is problematic for a long time, so I was in favor of him changing it, but not to Commanders. That was the dumbest name change I've ever seen. That's so, me, the, the football team is a better name than the Commanders. The football team I liked. I actually thought that yeah. was good. Yeah. It's whatever. Not I mean, my team. Don't care. They could do something like, you know, the, the, the Senators, like they did with the baseball they team. Back to or, you know, the oh, Washington dude. Generals or the Washington, whatever. You know what I mean? Come on. It's 2023, I Elliot. Mean, There's no way in hell that team will be called the Redskins again. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it can happen. I mean, you look at the Kansas City, they're still calling themselves the Chiefs. Well, the Seminoles and that does the tomahawk chop, they're still calling yeah, themselves I, the Braves. Yeah, but I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, Redskins is about pretty racist as it gets. Like I said, yes. you know, with the but, new ownership, with the new ownership, they're gonna say racism be damned. And we're gonna yeah. put the Redskins name back on the team. Uh, it, only him, it only took him. only took eighty years to get pissed off about it. Right. <laughs> Nick Lord and I used to call him the pandas on our uh, podcast because that was a uh, the least offensive creature in the world, according to Jim Jeffries. Yeah. So we called him the Washington pandas. <laughs> and it all became. You know, and it all came to fruition when uh, when the ugliness of MAGA surfaced. You know what I'm saying? That's when everybody was offended about the Redskins and this and that and blah, 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 blah. I'm kind of glad that the other team stuck to their guns, okay, except for the Guardians. <laughs> they should have just kept their Indians name. You know what? But, if hey. you look, if you, I mean, you can't see it because the, the three is covering it, but I still have my Indian Chief Wahoo hat hanging above here. So, I mean, I've got, I've got Chief Wahoo still here. So, And, of course... My, well, my, the, the bears are hiding it, but I've got my my, my Indians uh, apron that my sister made for me too. So I mean, it's it is what it is. Um, anyway, um, let's start with Hall of Fame weekend, um, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to the, the preview of the NFL season with Derek in a minute. But we're gonna, I want to I want to go over Hall of Fame weekend. Um, there were nine guys in, nine guys inducted into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. Um, Demarcus Ware, Rondi Barber, Joe Thomas, Don Coriel, which was very significant for me because Don Coriel was an innovator whose offense is still being used today. Okay. Um, and then, of course, where did it go? Um, Chuck Howley. Chuck Holly, which I know is, is is very important to Ken. I know Ken grew up thirty years ago. Joe Klecko. Joe Klecko, yeah, okay, but but we, Revis Island. Revis Island. Revis Island. Um, but Chuck Holly is significant, Ken, because of how long ago he played, and now he is suffering from dementia. Um, but if you watched NFL. Uh, networks show about the door knocking. They, they did. There was a. There was. It was on this morning. I don't know if you see it before, but they did actually have a film crew where Roger Staubach revealed to Chuck Holly that he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and despite the dementia, he seemed to understand what was going on. Okay. And the list is rounded out by Rondé Barber and Demarcus Ware. Well, those were, I mean, you know what? The two best speeches I thought were Demarcus Ware, number one, yeah, and then Ron Ray. He did a very good national anthem, so yeah, his speech made up for that. 
Um, I mean, DeMarcus Ware and his story about his uncle, um, I don't know if you guys re- saw the whole thing or not, but let me just recap that real quick. He was, at a, he was at a parking lot party in college, and some and his uncle was in a car, and all of a sudden some guy came up and knocked him on the head with a gun. And a, and a knife fell on the ground, and DeMarcus picked it up. He gets up and looks at the guy, and the guy had, had, his, had his handgun on his head. And DeMarcus, all he could tell, all he could, could hear in his, in his head was his family saying, don't kill him. He dropped the knife. He said, this isn't me. And he walked away. And it was at that moment he said, God, sorry, John, um, gave him a second chance. And he wanted to make something of it. Um, I mean, his story is very, I mean, he was very, very good. Also, the fact that he, his dad was at his father was at the ceremony and his dad was, was non-existent in his life growing up. And he sat there uh, and Demarcus said there on the podium, I forgive you. Let's move on. And that was very poignant so far. He, his speech is getting the most attra- attention um, uh, in the media this thus far. I liked Rondé's speech because the line that, that I, I took away from that was, he didn't want to be just a guy. He was undersized. Okay. He wasn't expected to be great. And he redefined the cornerback position when he played in Tampa because he was all over the place. He was a sack master. He was um, an interception leader. Uh, and he played nickel cornerback. And he redefined that position in the Tampa two while he was in Tampa. Um, and his what that has molded and and transformed into today's defensive backs, what he did back in the day. Um, I mean, the Tampa two defense was was the reason why the Bucks won the Super Bowl in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, nobody. I mean, that defense was was just unstoppable in that entire for at least three or four years uh, in, in during that during that term time so um that's that's probably the best pass defense of the super bowl era correct i agree with you derek um, i think quarter, i think quarterbacks had a rating of 49.5 against that defense that year and well under that but he, but they held the the greatest show on turf to 11 points in the nfc championship game yeah 11 points well, they scored 11 points they, and i'm sorry, I'm sorry. yeah i mean that, six, that, yeah. yeah i mean and i'm sorry that catch, that that was a catch. It wasn't a, it wasn't an incomplete pass. It was a catch. Uh-huh. Um, but um, you know the Bucks now, Bucks from that era, and that's when I was a major fan of the Bucks. Was back in that era when Tony Dungy groomed that team, and then Gruden took over for one year, and he, he actually won the Super Bowl with, with Tony Dungy's team, in my in my opinion. Um, I was a big, huge Bucks fan at that point, and those guys. I mean, that was just just. I mean, that defense was was amazing to watch, Derek. I know you remember it too, but oh yeah, um, it was it was just it was just unreal how good those guys were. My my, my uncle uh, used to be a season ticket holder to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he actually went to the Super Bowl that year when uh, they intercepted Rich Gannon on every pass play because they <laughs> knew all the audibles. <laughs> they didn't bother to yeah. because they were still running Gruden's offense. That's why they were running Gruden's offense mm-hmm. and Gruden's audibles. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. I'm very, very, very happy for all of the new inductees. But 
to make Chuck Howley wait this long. It's it's terrible. Is terrible. absolutely absurd. Well, it was a travesty. Not just Chuck Howley, but Coriel. I mean, Coriel, Coriel and also. It was a travesty to make yeah. Bob Hayes wait until he was out already dead to get him in. Right, go I don't know what it is with these people, but it makes me furious. Well, it's Ken well, Riley, too. Ken Riley, too. Ken, Ken Riley, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, was, he's, he, died exactly. Before, he died a year, three years ago. So, and now he's, he's getting, getting it posthumously, as well as Joe, I mean, as well as Don Coriel. Coriel died in 2010. Yeah. He should have been inducted five years after he retired. So should, um, so should Chuck Howley. <laughs> well, uh, I don't get it. Ken, Ken Stabler passed away the year before he got inducted. And Jerry yes. Kramer, Jerry Kramer was the best guard in the in the history of the NFL for the first fifty years. He was one of, I think he was the only Lombardi Packer that was on the all uh, fifty year team. Right. And had to wait until he was 82 years old. They were worried he was going to die before uh, he got inducted. And thankfully, he didn't. But I get so sick of that where these guys are, you know, don't get honored until the year after they pass away and they do nothing to improve their resume and, for their year. And that's the tragedy of it all is that they wait so long to put these people in and then they die and don't have the privilege of being there to. Well, and they should have when they should have been in there in the first place. Right. Well, yeah, and you know what? If you're gonna put somebody in, put them in five years. Period. You there know what is. I'm saying? Period. Get it in. Get it done. There is one outstanding player, and I'm trying to remember who it is, who had a brilliant career in the 1960s, early 70s, and he is still waiting. And I cannot think who it is, but I saw his name the other day. A lot of them still are, Kim. I'm sorry. When there's guys who have been waiting for Tassler for for so long, it's it's totally totally ridiculous. Steve Tasker, guys. Steve Tasker is the best special Special teams player player I've ever ever. seen. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Well, one for me is one for me is Sterling Sharp. Yes, Sterling Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, Shannon Sharp, I remember that was one of the best induction speeches I ever heard where he said, I am standing on this stage and I am the only Hall of Famer that can honestly say I'm not the best football player in my own family. Well, Sterling was better than Shannon. If it wasn't for his yes. injuries, he would have he would have had a Hall of Fame career when he'd be fit in already. Yes. Sterling Sharp was amazing. It's just the, the second same, best receiver in the league. The injuries cut his career yeah. short. He's the second best receiver in the league for about a six seven year period with jerry rice yep. jerry rice was first and and then chris carter was right in there too and then michael urban and you know and all those other guys are in the hall of fame and he'd have the same numbers as they would i mean maybe even better because he had brett Favre in the prime of his career mm-hmm. ready to win three mvp awards and uh and he got injured right before Favre won his first yeah, MVP. if he hadn't injured his neck he would have been in the hall of fame all right time. yeah I'm, I'm totally in favor of that totally agree with the agreement um, but uh, it, it's, just, it's an absolute travesty that these brilliant players have to wait this long in order to get in. It's just, I don't I mean, know. It's like, it's like they die and the Hall of Fame says, Oh, wait a minute, what about this guy that just yes, exactly. about him? Let's put him in right. there. And, and you know who is really tough on too? Their families, yeah, yeah, because it's like they would have liked to have been able to share absolutely with, with, the, with their loved one, absolutely. So, and so they get depressed. They get robbed of the of that satisfaction. Didn't didn't Ken Riley's family say something out 
Bronco. We, we, we've Bronco. been there to, to, to enjoy this. Yes. Yes. He, he kind of mentioned it. Yes. And that's you know that's just the, that's that's the sad part about it is that it, it goes beyond the player themselves mm-hmm. or the coach because there's a family that has to endure and it's kind of like resurrecting the dead for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, hey, hey, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Elliot. It's just, I, it's just sad. It's, it's a sad thing. Well, and what I was going to say is there, there's a balancing act to it because if you have 20 inductees every year, you water down the Hall of Fame. Part of what right. makes it special is that the very, very best get in there. You don't want a situation where you have so many players that, you know, Tony Romo's getting into the Hall of Fame yeah. as a quarterback. Tony Romo's a I was a good NFL quarterback. For he's a long not a Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall of Fame. He's not. Tony Romo is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm sorry. He's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, no. But a posthumous, posthumous entry it doesn't solve anything either. Let me, no, let, me, it, it, let, me let me address something like that. A um, year ago was an anomaly because that that's that's two years worth because we didn't have a uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremony two years ago because right. of COVID. So that's that's an anomaly. You can throw that out, but you're right. You, there's no way we can get 20 people in at one time, and um, no, no, I mean, no. you got to have a feeling at some point. It diminishes the the, the special the thing. feeling. But here's the thing. You know, you got to wait five years first of all. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that I totally don't understand. Why don't they start the process right afterwards? Uh, well, one reason is because if you get a guy who, they, they basically they figure that if if your body of work is Hall of Fame, it should still resonate in people's mind five years afterwards. Sometimes you have this recency bias where I just yeah. watched it. That's but great. again, that's another five years that's being taken away from a process that's already delayed to begin with. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with being. I wouldn't have a problem with being reduced to three years. And that's fine, you know. That that's been the rule for, you know, since since dust came about. Yeah, know? Clarky, I'm with you. I don't know that Eli Manning being it being in the Hall of Fame, you know, but he's going to get in because of his two Super Bowl chance. But instead of having, you know, and uh, alongside having this wait five years, why don't they put a cap on how many years someone has to wait? And then if they don't make it by that time, it's kind of like in, um, in in baseball. If you don't get voted in by a certain time, you're not eligible anymore. Well, the well, senior they have, committee. They have, they have that. That's what the oh, senior committee is there. Yeah. Right. But to address uh, Clarkie's uh, point, that's the only reason Joe Namath's in the Hall of Fame, because of it Super Bowl three. three. That's it. That's it. I mean, he had a. He had an average career at best. I mean, he had one great year in 67, and that was it. That's why Aaron yeah. Boone is manager of the Yankees, because of 2003. Yeah. Game six. The only thing to be fair to Joe Namath is, is that he's kind of in that Gale Sayers, Terrell Davis category, where I think a lot of people feel like, what would he have been like if his knees were not absolutely destroyed? Well, he had bad knees when he was at Alabama, Derek. Yeah, the reason, I know he did. The reason the reason he uh, is in the Hall of Fame is because of his persona. I mean, yeah. he he was the face of the league well, when we had the merger. It, it was the importance of that. That's Man, Super Bowl three, where they are the only reasons he was in. Otherwise, his stats are next to nothing. And his only year he won playoff games was that one year they won. The That's season. it. He didn't, a, he didn't win a playoff game any other year. No, in fact, but, he didn't. Uh, he didn't play in another playoff game. 
But there are a lot of people that think his arm was one of the best arms in the history. Oh, it was, absolutely. It was, absolutely. It was. Yeah. He had a howitzer for a long time. to his ability. That's a problem. Right. Well, his 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 knees. I mean, he, he, yeah. he was not good in the second half of his career because his knees gave out. Right. But he had it. I mean, the only the only quarterback that I've ever seen compared to him as far as release and everything is Elway. And um, that's well, Marino was close. Marino Marino's fairly close, but Elway and, and Namath are two of the the fastest release that I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know. There was a guy named Dan Faust that released the ball oh, yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. Faust, Faust, Faust had a fantastic arm, but he didn't have the release that uh, Elway and Namath did. That ball took off. Yeah. <clears throat> he, he had he had the arm strength you know, yeah. without a doubt, but uh, well, there's been some. I mean, you you take for instance Brett Favre. Uh, he he had a cannon for, mm -hmm. for the ball. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm talking about the just absolute fast release. And I mean, Brett Favre did once, that. Once that ball hit <laughs> left uh, Namath's arm hand, yeah, I mean it was sailing. Yeah. Um, the the play I'm enjoy the most from Joe Name's career is him hitting Eddie Bell. Because Eddie Bell could absolute streak down the side and Namath could hit him on a dime just like that. Yep. And um that was that was enjoyable yep. from Namath's career. A couple of things I want to touch on guys where we get into Derek. Um first Preview. of all first of all um Lee Cooker gets a three year extension, Kenny. I'm sorry? Malik Hooker gets a, a three-year yes. extension with the yes. Cowboys. He gets a three-year extension. Right. Um, Zach Martin is still waiting. <laughs> right. Uh, if I can touch on that for just a second. Sure. Zach is wanting a humongous contract. But let's face it, he has had a number of injuries over the last five years, yep. and they're not going to pay out a player who's been injured as often as he has that right. kind of money. Right. He, don't don't underestimate Jerry Jones' ability to overspend. But I agree with the contract he gave Ezekiel but, Elliott, for God's sake. Come yes. on. But, but let's not forget that the Cowboys are already imploding before even preseason starts. Correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do what? They're already imploding. They're already imploding as this preseason. Oh, I think they'll be okay. Dak is already getting heat from his defense. Yeah, Dak's already an Oh, that's <laughs> bullshit. Um, another thing they always is, find a way. Ask Stephen A. They always find a way. <laughs> okay, Clarky, Clarky. Let me address Clarky right quick. Zeke. This is this is interesting because Jerry has already said he's open to having Zeke back. Mike McCarthy says he doesn't want to see back. <laughs> and so it's going to be a clash between Jerry and McCarthy. Well, the latest and, rumor is there was a rumor that he's that the Browns may sign him. Oh, well, I've heard that rumor for quite some time. I don't want him in Cleveland. You know, if he gets signed by the Browns, he's going, to be, he's going to be number two or number three at the best. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What's I've, wrong heard, I've heard his uh, visit with the Patriots were well, really well. So, I mean, yes. if he wants to sign with the Patriots. Yeah. Anyway, and the next thing I want to say is this is somewhat of a sad situation, but I wanted to make, wanted to bring it up. Um, Bears great Steve McMichael, who is oh, suffering God. from ALS, uh, was put into intensive care this past weekend as well. Um, I mean, Mongo McMichael, as he's called, 
It was one, bam, of the, one of the cornerstones of that Bears defense in 1985. Um, and, and it's sad to see him in that situation. But, uh, you know, ha- you know, prayers and, and thoughts going out to Stephen Mike. Hopefully he gets better. Um, but it's but it's Lou Gehrig's disease. You never know what's going to happen yeah. with that. You know? man, man, it's just man, sad. Can, I, can I chime in on that? Yeah. I visited my cousin at the University of Texas uh, one year. I was covering the uh, – uh, state uh, high school track and field meet. And while I was there, he and I went to this place called uh, the Schultz Garden. Mm-hmm. It's a German beer tavern in Austin. And uh, while we were in there, Bam Bam and his wife came in. And I don't get gobsmacked real fast, but you Michael? I just, yeah, I'm McMichael. And he came in and with his wife, his wife was gorgeous, knockout. And, um, he came in and sat down and they had something to eat and drink. And I could not keep my eyes off of, he had the unbelievable biceps and everything. He was ripped. Well, he was ripped and, when he was in WW. And he was yes. In, yes. Um, and to wrestling. see him and to see him now absolutely rips yeah, he my heart out because he's been reduced WCW. to absolutely nothing left. And to yeah, see I, him in comparison to what I saw that night, his wife became a part of that, and then she wound up marrying Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that may be right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But... I, I I met Miss Michael one time too. I was at a, a ESPN a fantasy uh, thing that they had in Chicago at uh, mm-hmm. the old hotel, and uh, there was a whole bunch of uh, ESPN personalities and local Chicago players and stuff. And Steve McMichael was there, and yeah, I mean, like you said, just a towering guy and just absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, a legend of the of the game. Even though I grew up in Wisconsin, and you know he's he's a bear. There's uh, yeah. a lot of respect for how good that '85 Bears team was. Oh. Just what that defense was able to do, and he was one of the one of the cornerstones of it. Yep. The 80, '85 Bears and the 2002 Buccaneers are two of the best defenses I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see anything that dominant again. Well, especially with the rules. Yeah, with the, the rules, rules different the rules. Yeah. And finally, one last thing. I know Ken was was part of this. And he watched it watched it this morning. The U.S. Women's National Team loses in the World Cup to be knocked out in in the round of sixteen. Yep. Um, first, that that's that's the first time they've ever been eliminated as soon as they have been now. Right. Um, and the the winning goal was won by like a millimeter, if I'm not millimeter. I'm not yes. Um, she um, she stopped it. She deflected it straight up into the air. Yeah, it comes down. She grabbed it, but it had it crossed the line. the line. It was across and, the line. Uh, it was that's. See, the thing is, the technology the technology they're using is is flawed because it was over the line more than what that thing was showing. Okay, uh, it was. I mean, it, it's as close as you can get. But it was, I could see it from the overhead thing that it had cleared the line. It is a legitimate goal. And yeah. I, I feel bad for them. Um, they, to be honest, they did not look good at all in this. Well, they sense. underperformed the whole. The whole yes, part. yes. And the fact that they were having to play um, at an ungodly hour was um, part and parcel because of that. Um, they had, They had definitely... Uh, deliberately um, scheduled the group winner to play in American prime time yeah. last night. And 
figuring that the United States would be in that game. And when they messed around to let the Netherlands uh, take the group, and the Netherlands got that special place, and the United States had to play in, in three o'clock in the morning or here, four o'clock there, I guess, in, in the East. And um, uh, they, they, from what I saw, they were fantastic. They had this is the best game they played. Well, the best game they played during the whole tournament. Yeah, yeah. but they did not score a goal in the last two matches. I right. mean, <laughs> zero goals in two hundred ten minutes, and um, they. Uh, they did not. They did not look good in the in the penalties. Two of their penalties got put into the third deck of the uh, of the um, <laughs> behind the goal, yeah. and and the last one Kelly O'Hara tried. I mean, I don't know what she was trying to do, but she put it off the side of the uh, the uh, post. And did uh, Rapino also have a goal, Rapino? Uh, no, she did not have. She I mean, did not have a shot. No, she, she missed. Was, she was one of the ones that put it over the over the goal. She missed. Yeah, yeah missed badly. Uh, There's a lot of people who didn't want her in the game at all. And, yeah. Uh, well, this was uh, this was Rapinoe's last game, as well as oh, what's her name? Uh, Julie Ertz's last Julie Ertz. game. Yes, Ertz. Her um, last yeah, game as well. Zach got Zach Ertz's wife. Yeah, Zach Ertz's and, wife. Uh, that, that, that probably. Um, um, trying to think. Um, number thirteen, uh, the the really great player. Oh, I know her last game too. I can't think of her name either. Yeah. Either. Sorry, uh, Clarky, you're right. Uh, Trinity Rodman had a fantastic uh, uh, tournament, but uh, she couldn't she couldn't finish either. I'm um, Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan, yes, thank you, okay. Alex Morgan. Yeah, um, probably her last game. It's going to be. Uh, uh, difficult time. Uh, I don't know anything about this coach, um, other than the he fact didn't that really, he didn't really, and, and you know, get these guys to play to their to their level. I mean, it was no, just, no, I he mean, didn't. They were just going through the motions. It seemed like the whole yeah. Thing. Well, even, it, even, it, even it, in the it, first round, they were like going through the motions. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, it, it, when you got teams like Japan. And, and 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 other teams scoring three, four, five goals during the, the first round, and the U.S. doesn't even. I mean, come on. Well, the days of the United States showing up and saying, "Well, we're here, we're going to win now." Yeah, they're you over. You think you're going to win just because yeah. you show up? No, it's they, not uh, going to work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that way anymore. There was no. a time it did, but not anymore. And uh, the rest of the world gets caught up. Had a, had, a, had a target on their back. And Sweden just went after him, and I mean, I, I, from what I understand, their the Sweden's goalie was just phenomenal. She was, she was fantastic. Okay. Uh, Sweden, Sweden actually got outplayed in this game, and uh, uh, if they they didn't look anything like they did in the group stages, right. and if they if they play this haphazardly against Japan, Japan will smoke them. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what happened with the basketball uh, when the 92 Dream Team came in. America could send uh, exactly. you know, their NBA guys over there and win by 30, 40 points. And then in 04, mm -hmm. it all kind of caught up with that Larry Brown team. And uh, they had to rethink how they were uh, you know, teams like that. All right. Let me let me ask you this. I'm going to change the subject again. Derek okay. and, uh, and, 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 and uh, Kenny. I mean, you're the college. You, I mean, the three of us are the college football guys that we love college football. <laughs> Um, I know what's coming. Up the NCAA realignment with the end of the pack is it the end of the Pac-12? That was as we know it. Um, I think I think what you're going to be seeing is Marvel Comics coming out with a new movie called The Pacific Four. Uh, Pac-4. <laughs> <laughs> 
Four. I mean, um, you got UCLA yeah. and USC going. Yep. Now you've got Washington and Washington Oregon, and Oregon in the back. Big Ten. Uh, got mean, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Utah football, and Colorado right? coming to the Big Twelve. Right, Colorado and Arizona went to, went to, went to, yeah. went to the Big Twelve. The team, the school that I think this affects the most of the of the remaining four is Stanford. Stanford. Yeah, because Stanford is a powerhouse across the board. Correct. And uh, I think they, I think they should go independent. Well, like I Notre mean, Dame. Stanford, Notre Dame. I don't know that Notre Dame going to remain independent. I don't know that Notre Dame is going to remain independent. I, I, mean, I don't ACC, know. But you know I mean, Notre Dame's looking at the ACC. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you got Florida State and Clemson wanting to get out of the ACC and like go to the SEC or whatever it is. So I mean, I mean, college football is just going upside down, topsy turvy. John is, I'm sure, John's loving this because he hates NCAA football. Yes. Um, but I mean, this is crazy, guys. NCAA anything? Yeah, this is crazy. It's insane. <laughs> it is insane. And it's it all about money. It's all about money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. how much are those kids getting paid again? Let me check. They're not getting paid, John. Yeah, exactly. They're getting paid. Why do we spend <laughs> why do we spend a minute talking about that? Crap? I don't know. They are getting paid now. You know we were supposed to be talking about football. Well, we are talking about football. We got Derek here specifically for this week, and we probably won't see him again for a while. Twenty-six minutes for Derek to share his thoughts. All right, let's get into it. Derek. We are on the cusp of the 2023 season. We are five weeks away from NFL regular season football. Although, on my TV on Thursday, there was NFL football, so NFL football is back. Okay, let's let's hear your predictions and your and your beliefs as to how the 2023 season is going to go. All right, you want to just start in the AFC East and then start just, wherever uh, you want to start. Away, wherever you want. The floor yeah. is yours. The floor All is right. yours. So a let's start in the AFC East then. Uh, I, I think Buffalo's. I think Buffalo's going to repeat as the as the division champs. John uh, loves you right now. I, I have them going eleven and six. I don't think they're going to be the the number one seed in the AFC, but I think they'll win the division. I have the Jets uh, at nine and eight, and I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Dolphins at eight and nine. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. And then Patriots at seven and ten. Eight and uh, nine to the Dolphins, really? I I don't have any faith in Tua staying healthy. And now uh, Ramsey is hurt and might miss right. the first uh, six weeks of the season. If Tua stays healthy and plays like he did in the first half of the year, they could easily exceed that. And I think the Jets too. If Rodgers can stay healthy, they could also exceed that. But. You know, the thing people aren't talking about with the Jets is they're focusing on the defense and Garrett Wilson. They might sign Delvin Cook. The offensive line is five elevenths of the offense, and the Jets have one of the bottom ten offensive lines in the league. The Packers always had a top ten uh, offense, and Aaron Rodgers has missed significant time in a couple seasons because of broken collarbones, getting hit and, uh, and falling into the ground, and he's 39 years old at this point. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy beyond that line. In the first six games, I think they got Buffalo, Dallas, uh, New England, Kansas City, Denver, uh, and Philadelphia. I mean, they, they could easily start two and four to start start the year. 
that's why I think the Bills are the safest pick in this division. Josh Allen is still an elite quarterback in the league. He's the best quarterback in this division. I think they got some questions whether they got a good enough pass rush. Uh, they only had 40 sacks last year. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs's contract situation was a little bit odd this summer. It kind of created some controversy. You wonder, you know, what the chemistry is going to be there. But they've owned this division for the last few years, and I, I think it's still their division to lose. I got a question, Derek. Yeah. Everyone's Super Bowl darlings last year with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills ended up going 13 and 3. Won the division again. Um went through more drama off-field and on-field that a football team has possibly gone through in history. Um went through schedule changes, the DeMar Hamlin stuff, you name it. I mean, it's up and down. They went out with a whimper, right? Like Cincinnati went into Orchard Park and like beat the pants off them. Because of that, all the pundits and experts, and if I had my camera on, I'm using little bunny ear quotes right now, have written them off. Like basically they've said that the Jets are winning or the Dolphins are winning and the Bills aren't even going to make the playoffs. As a Buffalo fan, I love it. I, I love being under the radar. Do you think this is warranted, though, all of this national attention? Like, the Bills aren't all that, um, basically, because of one game against Cincinnati? Well, I don't think it's just one game. You figure, you know, three seasons ago, they were in the AFC Championship game. Then the next year, they made it to the divisional round on the road and lost. Now, that was... Uh, one of the most epic playoff games ever, that shootout with Kansas City. And then last year, they lost in the divisional round at home. And so what tends to happen is when when you make that championship game to start off with, and you need to take that next step, and if you regress for a couple years, then people start to wonder if you're ever going to be able to get over the hump with this roster because usually the league works in about five-year windows and then you got to retool. Now, I don't think Buffalo is going to be in a five-year window because Josh Allen is still pretty young. But probably with this core group, they're going to have to retool it where it's a different team around him. And so I think I think what the concern is, is are they, are they still in that five-year window where they're going to compete or are they kind of in a transition where they're going to have to – slightly retool in order to uh, get up there because they, they just they haven't done what they're supposed to do the last two years. That doesn't mean they're a bad team and Kansas City owns that uh, that conference right now. But but that, that's that's very similar to like the you know the let's say the Colts against New England, right? Like it was like New England right. for for decades. And the Colts were always like this, you know, really strong team. Like I, I don't think you'd go to a Colts fan and say were those years failures. You know? Like right. as, as a as a Bills fan who went through 17 years of never been in, in the playoffs, I'm extremely happy every time this team gets to the playoffs. And I know that's you know like mediocrity and like you know we shouldn't celebrate that. We should celebrate a championship. But I remember how bad it was. I remember having Trent Edwards and JP Lossman as our quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, you know, so every year we have Josh, I think we have a chance. And I think you're right. I think they might have to retool when that like five year window well, is up. Well, and John, we've talked about this before. Josh Allen needs to stop trying to be the do, you know, the be all D do all um, with his running, his running ability and trying to make plays. Well, and, but right. that they did that this off season, they went, they retooled the offensive line. Correct. They're, they're given, they went and got Damian Harris, which, yeah. you know, Clarkie is a fan of, um, 
So I, they're doing it. It's just like you, you're not asking. You can't take the dog out of Josh Allen. You know, get, you, oh, he throws too many picks. I mean, you can't have amazing Josh well, without – takes too many hits, hits too, John. I But see, does he? Like really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go look at the numbers and tell me. Even the most Manning, Bron- even the most bucking Bronco can be tamed from time to time. I'm telling you guys, I don't know. I'm not. He's I'm okay with so many, so many hits in the last couple of years. You know, it's a miracle that he's stayed healthy. Well, so. they they kind of have the same problem that that Green Bay has in that. Green Bay has, you know, this this wide open passing offense all these years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They have four or five wide receivers, and then they get into a home playoff game in snow and four below, and they're not built to run the football in those full elements. And that's kind of Buffalo's issue, where they they're built as a deep passing game, you know, with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and you know, vertically going down the field. They don't really have a dominant between the tackles running back, and then they get into these full playoff games, and and they come up. Short. And that's why I think the Damian Harris signing was huge. My only question is, can he stay healthy? Because that's kind of been the problem in New England. Will he be healthy in January when they need him? Yeah, he does spend time a lot of time off the field. That's for sure. Yeah. If, if I'm if I'm the Bills, my biggest concern about Josh Allen is has he taken so many hits to the head that he's now being reduced to doing Verizon commercials? So. <laughs> <laughs> But All right, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge as far as which quarterback can stay healthy in that division. And Allen, I have faith in because he has shown to be durable all these years and uh, he he's still in his prime. Where Aaron Rodgers and Tua, they, they definitely can concern me on whether they can stay healthy. All right. All right. Next division, Eric or Derek? I'm sorry. Uh, let's go to the AFC North. Um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not gonna, you're not going to be happy. So I know uh, I'm I never have, happy when it comes to AFC North. But go ahead. I have Cincinnati going 12 and five, Pittsburgh going 10 and seven, really? Baltimore going 10 and seven, and Cleveland going eight and nine. Really, really, really. So let, let's talk about Pittsburgh. The one thing I think that gets overlooked with Pittsburgh is last year when TJ was Watt started, that team was eight and two. And I think that they had a good draft this year, and they've made upgrades to the offensive line. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be in his second year, and he's going to play better. I don't think he's going to be one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league or anything like that. But I think they'll get better production with him, and they got a lot of skill position talent. Uh, Baltimore concerns me because Lamar Jackson misses five games a year, and I still don't know if he can stay healthy. We'll see if Todd Monken uh, is able to – devise a scheme where he throws the ball more and doesn't take as many hits, but will he be the same Lamar Jackson if you take the the running game out from him? And with Cleveland, I, I mean, I'm still worried about their run defense. They couldn't stop the run at all last year. And Deshaun Watson in those uh, in those games that he played did not look very impressive to me. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it does when he has a full offseason there working with all the players. I mean, he could bounce back for sure. But it's going right. to be a competitive division. Let me let me just say this. A lot of the pundits out there are saying that the Browns have an elite offensive line. Okay. Deshaun Watson behind that offensive line with Nick Chubb and then in the receiving core that he's got now. I I I'm gonna doubt what you say. I'm not saying they're gonna win the division. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. But I don't think they finished last in the division. 
and I'm going to come out and say it, Pittsburgh Steelers will be last in that division this year. Period. End of the end of discussion. Not if TJ Watt stays I don't care about TJ Watt. TJ Watt is one shot. TJ Watt is one guy. Okay. He's the he's the he's the defensive player. He's the defensive player of the year. Ten men. He's the defensive player of the year. Yeah. I got a I got a question for you, uh, Scott. Yeah. It's the, from this last Thursday night's game, is that stadium haunted? Canton Stadium. Yeah. Yes, it is. Because the, it seems like every year yeah, the whole game game, the they have something quarter, happens. Yeah. They lose a bank of lights, or Chris, something happens. <laughs> that, that stadium has to be haunted. Clarky's correct. He well, it's the Tom Benson Memorial Stadium, so Tom Benson is probably haunting that Ben Stadium at this point. I have a feeling it's the Fawcett family is haunting it. <laughs> the Benson family is like haunting that shit. But no, the Browns will not be last. I'm sorry, Derek. The Browns will not Clarky. be finished last he, in that division. Pittsburgh will be last in that division. I'm saying it. I'm shooting my shot right now. That's how it's going to be. Pickett is going to be exposed. Pickett is a has been. He's not going to be. Ah! Has been. Let me find something to write on and write this down. <laughs> you write it down. You can put it in ink. I don't care. The Steelers are going to be last in the NFC North. This AFC North. Yeah, we, we need you to save this particular show in the archives. So we no problem, Elliot. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> AFC South, uh, I have Jacksonville winning that division with an 11 and 6 no. record. I don't know about that. <laughs> There's so much tough competition in the AFC South. I have Houston South is horrible, John. I have Houston, I have Houston finishing second at 6 and 11, oh. Tennessee finishing third at 6 and 11, and Indianapolis finishing fourth at 5 and 12. I Wait, think that's going to be Houston finishing second. At six, at six and eleven. At six and eleven. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> Actually, All right, tied I'll, at six and eleven. I mean, they, with, uh... You know, see, they got C.J. Stroud, so they got a better quarterback this year, and then they dra- they traded for Will Anderson, and uh, they had a really good pass defense last year, and I think you know with a better better offensive mindset, I, I think they could win a few more games. But Isn't I mean, that that, this is going to be a terrible division. But I, I like I like I like to pick at Jacksonville because because the quarterback because of the head coach I think that that that's going to be. Is it that three times as many wins as they had last year? Yes. Okay. Two last year, didn't they? Two, three. I guess. So remember. you're saying there is a chance they could finish second. <laughs> I mean, you know, Tennessee, if Derrick Henry stays healthy and DeAndre Hopkins has another good year and Ryan Tannehill stays healthy, but that, that's just such an old team no, with a lot of wash veteran players. Let me ask you a question. Derek, why would DeAndre Hopkins go to Tennessee? Why would he select Tennessee as the place he wanted to go? The contract. The contract. The money. If I would have been him, I would have gone to Kansas City or Buffalo and chased a ring. I think at this point he's – you know, he's made a lot of money. You know, you, you want that ring so that you have that to go along with your legacy. But he, 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 Clark, he gets it right again. That was signed. Yeah, yep. well. D-Hop is going true colors. He cares, cares more about the money than he does about a ring. So, uh, man, that's, you know, that's his personal yeah, that's, that's thing, man. Whatever. I, yeah. Like, but don't don't go out there and say, oh, I, I want to win. Like, just. His priorities are yeah. his priorities. They're not necessarily wrong. You know what I mean? No, I have no problem with the guy taking the money. Thank you, Ken. 
play until you're in your you know early 30s if you're, you have a successful career make the money while you can so but I, I also agree with that you know he said that he wanted a chance to win he wanted to look at yeah. culture and quarterback yeah. and all this fit and it's not going to happen in Tennessee not with Ryan no. Tannehill yeah but that's that's the point that's what Derek's saying that's what he yeah. went out and told everyone I want yeah. culture mm-hmm. I want a winning organization a winning quarterback right <laughs> goes to the Titans well like, he goes to the Titans I mean Ryan Tannehill's I mean he could have gone to Buffalo or Kansas City and he did get that ring and he would have been I mean could you imagine John if he should, no, I know, I know, I know. I think about it all the time. I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> Seriously. All right, it was like the, the, the last piece we needed. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, with him on one side and your other guy on the other yeah, side. Who do you, who do you double team, right? I mean, yeah, and then who you do you double team on that, that, that wide receiver? No, oh, yeah. I, okay, I'm not going to get on it. Anyways, next next division. All right, AFC West, Derek. AFC West at Kansas City going 14 and 3. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers ten and seven, Denver nine and eight, and the Las Vegas Raiders four and thirteen. Four Whoa. and thirteen. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's I have faith in Jimmy G. That's Pete. Well, Jimmy G better hope Max Crosby don't kill his ass before the season starts. <laughs> they had a squabble in training camp. I, I don't think he's gonna be healthy. He's never nope. healthy. Why nope. is he gonna be healthy here? Nope. He doesn't finish a season. John, uh, uh, Brandon Jacobs is holding out. Devontae Adams says that uh, he might not want to be there. I could see this team having a fire sale at the trade uh, deadline, and uh, you know, like Derek, Carolina did last year, and uh, and then playing to get Caleb Williams. Derek, would I be incorrect in saying that the four wins you say they will have during the season will be pretty much dependent on what their defense does rather than their offense? Right. I, I I think so. I, I mean, they're going to – I don't have much faith in this offense because Jimmy G is a he, – he's an above-average quarterback when he's healthy, but he's probably at replacement level, a little bit above average from replacement level. But he's never healthy. He's always got an injury. And then you got, and, Jacob, you got Jacob sitting out too. Yeah. And, and they're talking that he might get traded to Denver, Kansas City. They're even saying that the Raiders might rescind the franchise tag on him like the uh, Panthers did with Josh Norman a few years ago and and just free up $10 million in cap. And, I, I mean, Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the league, but, uh, you know, he's not going to do anything in that offense if Jimmy G's not playing and they don't have Jacobs running. Uh, uh, gonna, gonna, who's the backup in, in, in Vegas right now? Tom Brady. No, he's not. <laughs> um, I can't even remember. Um, I, Steidman was there, but he left. I, I can't remember who they got as the backup. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's not Nathan good. Peterman. There you go. There really? You go. I don't know, dude. I'm guessing. How much of an influence I, do you think um, uh, the new coach in Denver will be? Well, I, that's why I have them improved at nine and eight. Uh, I, I think that them and the Jets are going to be, you know, the two and the Dolphins are going to be the three teams uh, on the outside looking in, and and I think the Browns are going to be in that group as well, all around that eight eight and nine, nine and eight record. Um, I, I don't know, Russell Wilson. He was not good last year, and some of that was his coach. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett did a good job, but some of it was his bad attitude. Uh, you know, having that office up on the second floor, you know, needing to go through his agent in order to talk to him if you're one of his teammates. And I think Peyton has kind of 
turned some of that bad culture around and has improved it. And I think they're going to run the ball better. They're going to you know manage the clock better. They're going to have more wins. But I, I, I think, you know, it, it's just the AFC is a brutal conference. I mean, a lot of these teams that are missing the playoffs, they would be the third or fourth seed in the NFC. They're not bad teams. It's just there's only seven playoff spots, and, and it's just a loaded quarterback conference. Right. FYI, the backup in Las Vegas is Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Uh, Followed by Aiden O'Connell and Jay Scarbers. Can we take that down to three and four teams? <laughs> <laughs> it would be bad for the Raiders, though. If they have the worst uh, record in the league, this is the year to have it. You, you get Caleb. Yeah, yeah get from USC, right, yeah. There's a lot of good people coming up. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they weren't going anywhere with Derek Carr, so they probably needed to strip this thing down, get the first pick in the draft, get a quarterback there, and rebuild it. But, I'm sure I mean, they're going to be careful this year. I'm sure we're going to have a word about Derek Carr here really soon. All right. <laughs> let's move to the NFC. Let's start with the NFC East. for, for NFC East. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, 12-5. and five. Dallas Cowboys, 11-6. and six. Washington Commanders, 7-10. and 10. New York Giants, 7-10. and 10. I think the Giants take a step back. I thought they won a lot of close games where everything came down to the wire. I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to uh, be as careful with the football this well, year. He's got that great year. big contract in the offseason, Derek. He, he did, and I, I, I don't think I would have given that to him, but, you know, they – they did, and he's going to give it to Saquon instead of, instead of Derek. Right. Yeah. And Tag Jones. Yes. Well, I, they should have tagged Jones because the the, the money they would have been paying uh, for one year with him would have been insane. I I, I mean, you, you wonder are you better off letting him walk? And uh, you know they had they had draft picks. You know maybe drafting a quarterback and getting a rookie quarterback. And I, I think Taylor is a better option than Daniel Jones. <laughs> Who? Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. That's her back on. No. <laughs> but, uh, I think there's too many of these teams where you know they get a quarterback that's at the replacement level, and they get scared that they're they're not going to be able to find anyone besides him, and they up and get into a bad contract with an average quarterback, and then they regret it. And I can see the Giants regretting that contract in a couple of years. When it when it comes to Tyrod Taylor, you have to worry about the team doctor. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it. You don't want the team doctor spinning, putting the needle in the guy's head, chest. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. It was an honest mistake. Okay, all right. Jimmy. Let me ask you something though. You got the Eagles at twelve and five, and the Cowboys at eleven and six. Do you think it yeah. comes down to that last game in Philadelphia and then Week Seventeen? It very well good. I, I think these teams are pretty pretty evenly matched. I think Philadelphia is going to take a, a little bit of a step back from last year. Uh, they won't have quite as many wins. I mean, they had 70 sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts had a breakout year. They lost both coordinators. They you know had you know a little turnover at the running back spot. They're going to have to get that figured out. I still think they're going to be really good as, as long as Jalen Hurts stays healthy. They got A.J. Brown. They got Devonta Smith. They, they have you know, a, a lot of great weapons on offense. And they really retooled well in the draft. But I, I don't think they're going to have quite as dominant year as they, they did last right, year. Let me ask you this. There was a lot of changes in Dallas as well, including offensive coordinator, Derek. Um, how good, is, how good really, do you think the Cowboys are going to be? With Mike well, McCarthy. That, that's why I have them at second in this division. I have more faith in the Eagles and what they have on their roster and, and coaching than, than the Cowboys. But they still have Dak Prescott. They still have Scott. Uh, they still have uh, 
uh, Pollard. They still have uh, you know, good offensive line. Mm-hmm. CD Lamb. There's still a lot of talent there. Micah Parsons is still Brandon still Cook. there rushing the quarterback. Brandon Cooks, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, it's a talented roster. So I, I, I think I think they're going to come short, up short in the playoffs, like they always do, because I, I don't have faith in Mike McCarthy to to get them over the hump when it matters, but. You know the NFC is not a strong conference this year, and I think well, they, I think they could easily win. Because Mike McCarthy doesn't have Aaron Rodgers in this offense either, so I mean it's it's another thing, you know. Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers for a number of years you, after 2010. And yeah, let me ask your honest anything. opinion: How good is Dak Prescott, or how bad is Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott's not an elite quarterback, but Dak Prescott's probably in the. 10 to 12 range, somewhere in there. I think he's either right on the edge of the top 10 or right below it. He's had playoff, a couple playoff wins, but he's never been able to get to a conference championship game. He's probably a lot like Kirk Cousins. Well, I also like Tony Romo. Yeah, that's fair. So. An underachiever when it matters. And I, I'm sure Ken has no, no argument with that. I don't. I'd look like an idiot that- if I tried to argue that. But is that bad? Wasn't he a fourth or fifth round pick? I mean, we act like Dak Prescott was the first pick in the draft. I mean, he, he was wasn't. A guy no, that, he was he was a late yeah. round draft draft pick. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, or a mid round draft pick. I, Dak, I Dak Prescott is UMass, whatever whatever it was he was in. So Dak Prescott is no different to me what he was at Mississippi State. I mean, I have not seen. I saw him play at Mississippi State a few times. He looked good. I mean, you he wasn't spectacular. I don't know what they saw in saw him in, in the senior bowl, I guess. And um, so it, it is what it is. I mean, has he, has he taken the Cowboys as far as he can take them? I don't know. We shall see. But All right, Joe what Flacco, about NFC? Let's, just real quick, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Dak Prescott is at least. But it wasn't Flacco that won that Super Bowl. It was the defense. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't say it was Joe Flacco, but Joe Mr. Flacco Famous had a Trent Dilfer in the two in two thousand. It was. It was the <laughs> no, no. Joe Flacco was better than Trent Dilfer and well, Joe yeah, Flacco. Well, I agree with that. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is if he gets the right roster and puts the right postseason together, he can win a Super Bowl. But he's not somebody that you're going to build a dynasty around. He's no, not you're not. Elite guy. No. no. All right, let's go home. NFC North. Your your NFC. division. NFC North. I have the Lions winning it at eleven and six. I like that pick. I like that pick. Packers going ten and seven, Vikings going nine and eight, and Chicago going five and twelve. All right, mm. the Packers are going to be better than the Vikings. Yes. Why do you think that? Because the Vikings have one of the worst defenses in the league. They lost Delvin Cook. They lost Adam Thielen. So yes, they have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, and that's going to score a lot of points. But the Packers have the way better defense, and they have two of the best running backs in the league. And I think Jordan Love is not going to be great as a in his first year starting but i think that they are comfortable with what they have there and he's gonna i was going to ask you what you thought about jordan love i know that in the packers you're you're quite joy so i was what do you think of jordan love I, I like what i've seen every year in the in the in the preseason he's gotten better he had that bad start against kansas city but he had that really good game against philadelphia he's got great arm talent he's got great mobility he's going to make mistakes this year he's going to have some games that make you wonder if he can play in the NFL. And I think he's going to have some games where, you know, he's going to look spectacular. It's going to be an up and down year with them, but in the NFC, 
Uh, you know, it's not a tough conference. I think they can win 10 games. If they were in the AFC, I'd say they're probably a seven-win club out there okay. because, you know, it, it, it has to do with the, the division. And they're in a good – they're the best defense in this division. Detroit, Minnesota, and Chicago all had terrible defenses last year. Green Bay is loaded with first-round picks on defense, and they can run the ball down. That one yeah. punch with Jones and Dillon is huge. I still like your, your pick for Detroit winning that division. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know when it's going to be, but I am looking forward to that first uh, Packers-Jets game, whenever it is. Yeah, right. Um, right. All right, let's go to NFC South. NFC South, I have the Saints winning the division at 9-8. and eight. I have Carolina also at 9-8, and eight, but uh, finishing second. Atlanta at 7-10, and 10, Tampa at 5-12. and 12. Oh, I love you, Derek. Baker Mayfield needs to be put in his fucking place. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't think they have the quarterback to hang. They had a good defense last year. They still got Evans and Godwin, but yep. quarterback play is going to be Tampa's downfall. They're going to have arguably – Baker's going to throw 20 interceptions this according season. To, my according words. to one guy, Baker is an upgrade from Tom Brady. Yeah, well, Baker's <laughs> going to throw 20. Baker's going to throw 20 interceptions this season. Mark my words. I'm just saying. Um, it, the Bucks are just. I'm. I'm going to enjoy the Bucks being bad. I'm just going to enjoy that. You know. Um, I don't have a problem with the Saints being number one in the division. The division is the worst division in, in, in the NFC. Um, you know, they got a rookie quarterback in Carolina. I, I think with Derek Carr being in New Orleans, that's going to be the, dif- the difference in, in, in that. New Orleans got Jimmy Graham back. Yeah, and they got Jimmy Graham. Well, he's, he's 120 years old, but that's okay. Um, Kyle Trask will end up playing quarterback for Tampa Bay um, because Baker's going to just fuck things up like he always does. Um, but I like New Orleans as that pick. What about the NFC West? NFC West, I got San Francisco at 12 and 5. Seattle at 10 10 and 7. Los Angeles Rams at 5 and 12. Arizona Cardinals at 3 and 14. Yeah, three Arizona's just gonna be terrible. They're gonna be horrible. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna be awful. John will enjoy rubbing into his son because he's a he's a Cardinals fan. Um I don't know why. (laughs) Who do you who do you see starting for San Francisco in week one as far as quarterbacks are Derek? Brock Purdy, as long as Brock his Purdy. elbow continues to progress, I think he'll be the starter. And then if he if he doesn't work out, I could see them going to Sam Darnold next. Trey Lance says uh, he looks like a bust at this point. I Trey mean, Lance is Elliott. a bust. I, I, could, I mean, I think I think Elliott will agree with me. He's not real happy about Trey Lance. Um, Trey Lance is going to be trade bait before the trade deadline, as far as I'm concerned. Who's, who's going to trade for him, though? The thing that was telling to me is that Tennessee and, and Houston both had regimes that had ties to San Francisco that had worked with Trey Lance that needed quarterbacks, and they passed. Right. Hey, Trey Lance could go to Tennessee. They're going to scrub quarterbacks over there. But they didn't want him. They, they went with Will Levis instead. And I think if, if Ryan Tannehill fails, they're going to go with Will Levis for a couple of years. I, I don't see where Trey Lance has a has a, a landing spot. He's got nowhere to go. That's a great question. Clark, it brings up. If the Cardinals do finish last and they have the number one overall prick, do they go with Caleb Williams? Kind of like what they did with Josh Rosen. Send it to the Oakland A's. <laughs> what do you think? Las Vegas A's. Do they take Caleb Williams in the draft? Absolutely. Kyler Murray is a contract they're regretting at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, they, 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 they can't get rid of him because of the contract and they can't get rid of him because of the ACL, but they can take Caleb Williams on that rookie contract and then look to try to either move Kyler Murray or, you know, whatever they need to do. But they, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't help a, a mistake by doubling down on a mistake. And right. they, they obviously do not like Kyler Murray where, you know, if they could, undo that they would get rid of the contract the worst thing you can do is not take caleb williams because you're going to double down and try to make that contract work so yes right. I, I would absolutely take caleb williams I yeah and, and i think it, that arizona finishes last and i think they get the number one pick overall next in the, in the draft next year and Kyle um, Murray goes back to the Oakland A's. yes so i mean <laughs> Kyle murray ends up being a has been and goes somewhere to be a backup somewhere with somebody so no, um, he'll, he'll, he'll get it He'll get another chance. Ky- Kyler Murray will get another chance to start somewhere. I, I, I think he wasn't. He wasn't terrible in Arizona. There's some maturity issues as far as uh, you know whether he needs to play a little less Call of Duty and uh, and study his playbook more. But his arm and his physical uh, do, talent is. Do we bring it back to size being an issue, Derek, for these guys? I think Kyler Murray's size is an issue. I really do. I think his work ethic is an issue. That could be a yeah. That's another point. Yes, you're correct. What was your Price. prediction for the for the 49ers? 12 and 5. 12 and 5. 12 and 5 with the division, yeah. I think that's the it best. It won't matter who the quarterback is, they're going to win the division. Mm. Right. I think it's the best roster in football. I think I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl because the quarterbacks are important in the postseason and they are not settled at that quarterback spot, but I think as far as winning the division but if, if Purdy could pick up where he left off, it could be a, a total different story of where that's concerned. It's, what, it's a small body of work, and uh, and now people got game pl- film on him, and they're going to have an offseason to study him, and he's coming off an elbow injury, so we'll see what he does. But he, he looked good uh, when, he, when he took over that starting job. He's got a good head on his shoulders. All right. He plays the right. game well between his ears. Right. We're five minutes over. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up before we before we get out of here? Kenny, Elliot, kudos John. To Leo, kudos to Leo Messi for uh, setting Miami ablaze with his uh, heroics in soccer. Good grief, Lionel Messi with, with going to Miami. Who could have thought it? Good grief. <laughs> I got, I got he's, he's about to kick off against FC Dallas, and it's only 100 and – Six degrees here, so Jesus <laughs> Ken, stay cool, man. Get lots no, of going cool. on. I've got a fan going right now, and that's about the oh, best. Oh yeah, that's right in that one hundred and six around. Ain't get it? your icebreaker going off time, and get yourself a, 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 a somewhat of a cool. Get the ice is going. I am, and I am the chugging ice. the Gatorade. Chugging <laughs> the Gatorade. Okay, Ken, stay cool. All right, that's all I can tell you. All right, and I can tell you that that in Florida. We're hot too, but central air is fucking phenomenal. I'm just gonna say. Okay? Oh, I know. I've had it before. <laughs> I don't have it now. Isn't it Elliot? Elliot can can can, can concur with that. Yes, central air uh, is fucking yeah. great. Hey, um, John, get better, man. Yes, John. Yes, John. Yeah, hope you better, John. Thanks, gents. Yeah, I'm out of here. I got it. I'm All taking right, every John praying for you. Thanks, get better. Man. Keep us posted. Right. Let us know how you're doing. Keep us posted. Let us know how you're doing. Um, yes, sir. All right, Derek, thank you so much. We send send, send recordings. Thanks for having me. This I'll send a recording, John. Yes. Yeah, make sure you save it so we can make Scott eat his Yes, birthday. great. 
predictions, Derek. Yes. Love the AFC East predictions. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, John. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm upset with the NFC West. So I'm sure, I'm sure two thirds of them will be wrong because that's the type of sport the NFL yeah. is. The I hate your right. AFC North <laughs> prediction, but that's just me. You know what I'm saying? Um, all right, we're gonna get out of here, Derek. Thank you again. We we love you having on. Um, Thanks, Scott. If you ever need, if you know, with the season's coming up. Whenever you Anytime. want to get on and talk football, let us know. We'll bring you on, no matter what day. Yeah. You, you know, you got no I'll wait. You I'll wait until the Browns the invitation. I'll, I'll wait until the Browns have one of their epic uh, collapses that they have. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll decide to come to bed. Go fuck yourself, Derek. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're going to get out of here for the week. Um, I want to thank Derek for being on the show. He was, it was a great time. Uh, and also thanks to my co-host, Mr. Elliot Biggie Lama, Mr. Ken Council, and of course, John G. Olson. We are the Spurs nerds and we are out. We'll be here again next Sunday at seven 30. Elliot, the outro. Well, there you have it, Nerd Nation. Another Sunday episode of the Sports Nerd Show. In the book, and we are still alive and still alive. Now, on behalf of our host, Scott, and his co-host, John Olson, Ken Costco, and yes, me, Shaggy, the entire pack would once again like to thank you all for participating with us in the best 90 minutes of Sports Mac Talk on the web today. So until next Sunday night, dear nation, we would like to leave you with a quick PSA. Please stay safe. Please practice social distancing. And for heaven's sake, Please wear a damn mask. You all just got hit with a pack ramp from the ramp pack. And with that, fellas, we are out.